Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the guy that is never cold, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? I'm cold. You poor sweet baby. Let's get you a coat before you die. I'm actually uh, not cold. Well, it's winter in Australia right now, isn't it? I mean, technically, (laughs) it's just about to end, and it's already getting hot, and I'm not a fan. Well, you know what? You're the one that moved to Australia, so... Yeah, my fault? Entirely, yes. (laughs) So, like, what's a typical winter winter day? Like, 70? (laughs) I mean, like, 60. 65. That's like how how cold it gets at night here so that's fine yeah and everybody's like i'm cold all day (laughs) that must be really inconvenient yeah and i walk around in t-shirts and i'm not wearing a jacket and people are like aren't you cold (laughs) and i'm like no well that's because some fat guy didn't steal your coat so there you go yeah you're all good to me fun in the sun brandon (laughs) I hate the sun. It's like the worst thing. You know, I I read a thing on Reddit that was like, what would be more like scary if it was renamed to what it actually does? And somebody was like, well, you could rename sunburn to radiation burns, and that sounds a lot worse. And you're not wrong. It does. Yeah. Sunburns are the worst, right. though. I have very, very white skin. I'm pretty much a ghost. Um, And anytime I go in the sun, I, I basically just burn. That's not cool. I barely ever burn, which is lucky. Yeah, but you got darker skin than I do. I know. It's lucky. <laughs> yeah, you were you got the you won the fucking lottery when you were born, okay? <laughs> you got the you rolled like resistance to sun radiation damage, asshole. <laughs> I'm over here looking through a window and getting sunburns, so I can't yes. even drive in my car because the sun just magnifies for my windshield. <laughs> Won the genetic lottery with my <laughs> terrible eyesight and no hair. You know, I have a son. Um, and uh, What? <laughs> I told my wife, I was like, all right, so genetic-wise, the only thing I want to pass down to him is my perfect teeth and my perfect eyes. Because my wife is not, she doesn't have very good eyesight. So as long as my son has those two, I'm fine with whatever you give him. <laughs> I'll take, he, he can have your family's hair and my teeth and my eyes. Picking it off the menu to make the child, like, oh, uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, we'll create... take the eyes and the teeth. <laughs> we <laughs> test tube genetically altered our child to have the best of everything and the worst of nothing. A video game character creator. Yeah. Just slide the dial on the nose, like, bigger, smaller. <laughs> I guess he got, like, my video game prowess or whatever because he's like um, seems like it your curse for he plays smash brothers with me all the time and he's he's not terrible at it but he is much better than you would think a four-year-old would be wait did i say that right Eh. yeah he can beat me you know if he's got like two computer allies which is is pretty good yeah considering you've been playing smash bros for like 50 years now? Uh, Like 20? Close enough. <laughs> I do love, though, he's, he names... Obviously, he can't read yet or anything, but he listens to what the announcer says are the characters' names, and then he, like, you know, emulates them or whatever. So he calls Grey Ninja Lepit Jug. 
What? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> um, Lepit jug. Yeah, I don't. That's Is that what... how the announcer says it? No, I guess Lepid that's just what he jug. hears or something. <laughs> that one's my favorite. Um, Jigglypuff is Jigglypup. That I can see. Yeah, who else was there? There's another funny one. Oh, uh, Duck Hunt is Wolf Bark. <laughs> <laughs> but he's the, a video game. I don't know what the word is for it. He's good at him. He's been playing Crash word. Bandicoot lately, too. And I don't like really? Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Is it the remakes? Yeah. Those are hard. Yes, they are. They are harder than the originals, even. I never played the originals. I didn't really care for Crash Bandicoot. But the caveat of me buying a PS4 was that my wife was like, you gotta buy Crash Bandicoot when it comes out. So I did. And then we never really played it. Because I don't like Crash Bandicoot. But whatever, you fulfilled your end of the contract. Pretty much, yeah. Now we have a PS4. And we use it to play fucking Larva Island and bullshit Netflix movies and shows and stuff. Woo! Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, how are you doing this week, Brandon? I'm doing alright. I uh, saw a movie Get out of recently. Here. You never go see By movies. the title of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, that's got Leonardo DiCaprio in it, doesn't it? And Brad Pitt, yeah. I don't know who Brad Pitt is. <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I thought of you throughout the entire movie. <laughs> Every scene, I was just thinking, man, Cortland would hate this. Why is that? The movie is just a celebration of how cool uh-huh. the late 60s are. Oh. Other than the whole Manson murders thing, it's like, man, oh. isn't this shit just so cool? I can't believe I didn't even mention the Manson murders. When did those even take place? Uh, 68, 69, 68. Mm. Yeah. The, uh, the podcast that was on, that I did, I had the promo swap of in the week of the 13th floor, they covered the Manson murders. So that was actually the first time I ever really heard about the Manson murders. I mean, I knew of them. I knew kind of what happened, but I didn't know like the details of everything. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of uh, interesting to learn about. I never really understood it because like. Everybody blamed it on Manson, but he didn't even kill anybody. It was all the people that he told to kill people. So I was like, what's the big deal? You know, like, why is everybody, why does everybody hate Charles Manson? And then I learned about it and I was like, oh, he was an idiot and an asshole. (laughs) Charles Manson. He was an idiot. He was. I mean. We're going to get so many emails from Charles Manson fans now. uh, He's dead anyway. So maybe he wasn't. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to go with. Yeah, he was an idiot. He was a fucking idiot all right hot take as all serial killers are people so don't even give me that shit so how are you doing Cortland? Mm, i'm fine all right <laughs> i was pretty stressed there for a while because this is the week that the 13th floor um came out and the audio in that episode is sucks and um it took me forever to edit it to try and make it sound nice and i couldn't really do it so Eh, you get what you get. You did what you could. You get what you get, and you don't have a fit. And uh, I was just, I was just pretty embarrassed about it. And so this week, I got Dream Machine and Dark Dragon done within a couple days, and they are much better. So I'm back to being happy, I suppose. <laughs> That's good. That's all one can ask for: being happy, kind of, I guess. 
Yeah, well, you know what? You know what my life motto is? You get you get YOLO, you know, want you get one life and uh if you're going to spend it being a little sourpuss, what's the point? Good motto. Yeah, it beats depression every day. Uh <laughs> That's what you got to do. You just got to be like, I can't be depressed. Just beat life that is dark beautiful. dragon. Oh my god. <laughs> This is like my favorite part of that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll go beat the Dark Dragon later. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything. I didn't do anything. In... I'm going camping later today, but I, I have a half day at work. When you say camping, do you mean like camping, camping or? Yeah, like we're going to be in a tent. That's camping. Yeah. Well, do you want to get into this episode, I guess? Let's do it! Alright, let's do it. <laughs> you sound so defeated. Well, Brandon and I just got done watching the eighth episode of season two, The Tale of the Whispering Walls. Um, This episode was really weird. It was an odd one. I liked it. Did you? Yeah, I kind of liked it a lot. I'm not really sure how I feel about it. Uh, I kind of got it really creeped out towards the end. And I don't understand some of the choices that they made in the episode. I don't understand a lot about this episode, but I think it was the creepiest episode since Dark Music. Um, yeah, I think I'll agree with you on that one. Like I said, I got I got creeped out towards the end. There's uh, just some creepy imagery. I yeah. think if I had watched this as a kid, I would have been pretty scared. Well, do you want to get into this and see what happened to your psyche while we watched this episode? Spoilers, it broke. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the episode starts with Gary. He's walking out from the forest with Kristen, Kiki, David, and Frank following behind him. He really played the leader. Yeah, it was cute. <laughs> right? He's finally living up to his title. He's like, let's go, gang. David tells the gang that there's a full moon on a leap year. Watch out. And Kiki's like, what's that supposed to mean? And he says, tonight's the night. The spirits are free to take innocent victims away. And Frank's like, oh, fuck that. And uh, then they get to the meeting spot and Gary stops the gang because there's a figure in black standing there. Have you ever heard of this before, though? No, I hadn't. I haven't either. I wondered if it was an actual thing. I meant to look it up. You know what? I'm going to look up something real quick because that occurrence is probably pretty rare considering there's only one leap year every four years. Um, And I like the idea of a full moon on a leap year. When was the last full moon on a leap year? Uh, Okay, so Google says that the last full moon on February 29th was in 1972. And prior to that, in 1820, 1752, 1600, and 1504, the next full moon on a leap year will be in 2048. Okay, so it's pretty common. Yeah, super common. So, you know what? I would never, ever in my like writing career of writing children's horror would ever consider a full moon on leap year. Because I don't even think about leap year as it is. So, that's kind of cool. No. I like that. So, the, the kids walk up to this figure in black and they're scared and then the figure turns around it's wearing this real shitty skull mask (laughs) i liked it did you (laughs) yeah i just didn't like the like mouth i mean i guess it was all right 
It was better than like what a kid could make out of paper mache. Kristen's like, oh, fuck no, I'm out of here. But the kids all stop her and they're like, wait, wait. And the figure steps closer to them and says, guys. And they take off the mask and it's Betty Ann. And the kids all sigh in relief as Betty Ann smiles at them. Great idea, Gary says. Cool, says Frank. And Kiki asks her what she's doing. And Betty Ann says, don't you know about tonight? It's a full moon on leap year. We just heard that. I know, right? And Frank's like, oh, fuck no, not you too. And Betty Ann holds the mask over her face, saying, this mask within this circle is our only protection. And Frank laughs, saying it sounds like a pretty dumb joke to him. And Betty Ann sits down at the storyteller's throne and tells the group they don't have to believe her, but it's an old superstition, which we never heard of, so is it? I'm going to say no. I mean, it's so rare that who would even come up with a superstition for it? Well... I mean, the last one was in the, what, what did I say, 70s? So, I mean, I'm sure that there is a superstition about it. You know how, like, uh, you know, people act really weird when there's full moons out or whatever. But, I don't know. I don't know anybody that ever talks about Leap Year. Ever. You know what I want to know, though? What? Okay. Yes, last week, you know, if you want to go, you know, they record each week or whatever. Last week was the hottest day of the year, and now it's February. I had the same thought. (laughs) No one had any good stories. For months? (laughs) Yeah. They're like August to February. Oh, I got one. It's about the kid gets sucked into pinball. Oh, shit. That one was told already. Um... (laughs) Oh, motherfuckers. I got a good one about goth. Oh, wait a second. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Also, it's February. Um, Canada's really cold, so it would be like freezing in the Saskatchewan forest or wherever the fuck they are right now if it was February 29th. Yeah. But you know what? It's okay. I don't mind. It's all right. <laughs> I'll let it slide this You'll time. You'll let it slide this time. <laughs> exactly. It's... Don't let it happen again, though, are you afraid of the dark? You know, when Betty Ann took off her mask again, I didn't recognize her again. I seem what? incapable of but we, recognizing Betty Ann. We watched her every week. <laughs> I know, but every single time it shows her this season, I think it's a different girl. Well, that's the mysterious powers of Betty Ann. <laughs> She's like a shapeshifter or something. So Kiki looks at Kristen, who looks scared, and David just looks around a little bit, like with wide eyes again. Like that one time he looked like he was about to eat a buffet when he was really hungry. I don't even remember what episode that was in anymore. But Betty Ann continues saying, My story takes place on February 29th, leap year. It happens every four years. And when it comes with a full moon, watch out. The spirits who prowl on a full moon leap year are hunting, and it may be for you. Gary looks at Frank spooked a bit, and the camera lingers on him for a little bit too long. It's like five full seconds. It's kind of weird. Betty Ann puts her mask down, and she grabs the monkey bone dust. She throws it in, and she starts the tale of the Whispering Walls. The episode begins on a sunny day on a road that looks to be in a very boring area. There's nothing interesting to look at at all. And Betty Ann's voiceover starts saying that Claire and Andrew Dickens were on their way home from a trip to an amusement park. I I was like, oh boy, is this going to be Playland? Uh, with Louise, their favorite babysitter. The scene shifts to inside the car, where we can see these characters. Uh, Claire and Louise are in the 
are in the front seat with Andrew in the back, and Andrew leans up and says that, Ah, oh, the laugh in the dark ride was awesome. When Zemo jumped out, almost croaked. And I was like, oh man, that's such a cool callback. Yeah, I liked that. Like, I even don't mind that he called it laugh in the dark. It's like, oh, he's a kid, you know, he didn't, he's just excited and just didn't know. Maybe they got a new attraction, because I wouldn't really call laughing in the dark a ride. You kind of just walk through it and pick doors. That's true. There is the part where you almost get burned by fire. I would almost croak. <laughs> yeah, he picked the wrong door, and there was a fucking fire-breathing dragon. Uh, I imagine a lot of people croaked there. <laughs> I liked that, though. That was cute. I'm really, I like these these callbacks to season one. They've all been really cool. Yeah. It paints a Are You Afraid of the Dark universe that I dig. I wonder if there's any ones that we missed. I bet you there are. Um, Probably. I'm probably definitely. Yeah, we suck. <laughs> yeah, we're so shit. So this is another story about a babysitter taking kids on trips. What's up with yeah. that? Is is that a thing? Maybe it was a thing in the 90s. I don't know. Like, just take my kids and go? <laughs> yeah, for a whole fucking weekend. I couldn't tell you, man. That must be just, like, the 90s things, you know? They had the adventures in babysitting back in the 80s and i love that movie i know you do it's my favorite did you see the remake hell no <laughs> that's did okay. you i think it's actually just a disney channel original movie so no oh all right and honestly louise looks maybe two years older than the kids anyway i know like she just learned how to drive she doesn't even look like she's old enough to drive <laughs> So Louise, who's driving, she smiles, but Claire rolls her eyes and says, You're so childish. I got I I hope I don't accidentally call Louise Claire because Louise is such a old person name and she's not an old person. <laughs> no, she really isn't. Louise pipes up saying, Be nice little schmoopkins or something like that. Yeah. Schmumpkins. I don't know what the hell. Yeah, it was weird. She says, be nice little schmumpkins or I won't take you to Molly's. And Claire just screams, banana splits. And Andrew says, all you can eat, I think. I don't know. Andrew's voice yeah. is like really muffled or something. Um, So how old do you think this cast of characters is? I think Andrew is 10. Claire's maybe 12. And Louise is 9. <laughs> yeah i was like they kind of reminded me of emma and day day a bit yeah i had the same thought claire and andrew yeah and then louise is just talking about schmumpkins and stuff it's kind of weird <laughs> they emma or god damn it <laughs> claire's hair is like like shoulder length it's kind of like rippled or whatever that hairstyle is permed a bit i don't know and uh, Andrew is just, he doesn't really have any qualities that I can pinpoint out. He's got a hand fan. I don't know. You're just going to have to look on Instagram and, and look at these children. Yeah. Uh, Andrew's dressed kind of nerdy. Yeah, he's a weird one. Uh, he he's a little he's, stupid. He reminds me in dress of Ferguson from Clarissa Explains It All. Have you ever even watched that show? Fuck yeah, I watched that show. How did you watch that but not Are You Afraid of the Dark? 
because I wasn't looking for scary shows late at night. I was like four, and I was like, ooh, Clarissa. She explained everything to you? Yes. I learned everything I know from Clarissa. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, their broad car makes its way down the road some more, and we go back into the car, and Andrew takes a bite of something, and Claire annoyingly tells him his teeth are going to rot, and Andrew says something about a dog. I don't know what he says, because... Uh, most of the lines that he says, I just, I can't hear him. I don't remember. But then Louise tells the kids to remember that love is the greatest when words are few. Very wise. Andrew doesn't know what that means, and Claire's like, And shut up. The car comes to a stop at some crossroad or something, and Louise looks around and says, That's strange. I thought Highway 9 was somewhere back there. And Claire says, Isn't that sign supposed to be blue? And Andrew pipes in saying, Who cares? Let's go. I'm hungry. And Claire makes fun of him, saying he's always hungry. Louise tries to read her map, but then she just goes forward, and we see the sign, which looks like shit, by the way. It's got, like, it looks like it's on cardboard with, like, crayon. It's very clearly something that someone just threw together sloppily in (laughs) ten seconds and, like, Elmer's glued over the real sign. (laughs) Yes. Uh, it says that like Highway Nine is uh, up ahead, like in the direction they're going, and the they take off, and then a gust of wind blows it, and the real Highway Nine sign is behind it, and it says Highway Nine's the opposite way. I don't like getting lost, but man, it would suck to have to do directions and stuff without smartphones. Ugh. Oh yeah, I would hate it. Yeah, it's crazy to think people survived. Without being handed hand spoon fed directions, turn yes. by turn, I know, right? Having a robot tell you exactly what to do. Yeah, even when I do have a robot tell me exactly what to do, I still don't like it when they're like, "Okay, the turn's coming up," and you know, blah 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 feet, and you look at it and you're like, "Oh, I think it might be the next next turn," and then it turns out it's not the next turn, so you like. You know, you're going slow and stuff, and you're holding up traffic, and you're just, like, getting anxiety because you don't know where to fucking turn. And then it's like, okay, turn, they're coming now. And then you got to turn, and it's like, oh, fuck. Siri, take the wheel. Exactly. (laughs) Except I don't have Apple. Me either. (laughs) Okay, Google, take the wheel. (laughs) Taking the wheel. Here's a matching video. (laughs) God damn it. The next scene, we're shown a sign for the Whisper Inn as Louise drives her car and stops at it. And Louise is like, oh, I don't recognize any of this. I need to go get directions. Really? She doesn't recognize it? She doesn't know every square kilometer of random Canadian country roads? Yep, of rural, rural, I can't say that word. Of rural, 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 Get it together, Louise. She's a sloppy mess. She's the worst babysitter. She must be paid so many loonies and toonies to watch these kids and take them (laughs) where they need to go. She's the best that these kids could get. She's probably the only one that can put up with kids' shit. All they do is... She's one of their favorite babysitters. Like, you need to live up to that. She's crazy. She and the two kids get out of the car... And they walk over to the Whisper Inn. The wind's blowing like crazy. 
and they open the door, and there's just a bunch of sh- chairs piled up, and it just looks like crap in there. It's worse than, like, the Locker 22 dumping pit that Julie's Locker was in. Just looks like a, a place that's closed. They put all the stuff. Yeah, it's just there's chairs oh. piled up everywhere. Uh, Louise calls out to see if anyone's there. Andrew gets scared. He's about to leave, but someone calls out telling them to shut that door. And they all turn around, and some guy in all black is there, but his shirt kind of looks like a skeleton's ribcage a little bit. That's what I thought, and I put it in my notes. Yeah. Man dressed in skeleton clothes, which would definitely be something you'd take note of and go, oh, fuck, oh, fuck this situation. Yeah, I'd immediately but be like, not. Uh-uh, get it's not a there. skeleton. It's not, but especially from him being in the background like that, like, it looks like a skeleton's ribcage. Yeah, I think that's intentional maybe (laughs) so Luis is like i'm sorry we didn't mean to bother you but we're lost and he says lost you're precisely on time and he looks around and andrew walks around too as Luis says we're looking for highway nine to victor heights i was gonna look and see if that was real but i didn't really feel like it so i didn't the guy says highway nine as andrew starts to touch something and the guy says they've strayed quite far from highway nine but he knows a shortcut take the dirt road outside it travels through the woods and will cut miles off your trip and now that you now that he's closer you can see like a giant ring on his finger or something and also that it's not fucking bones on his his he looks kind of like a bellhop or something i don't know i don't know what he was what he was meant to be i don't know anything about this guy he's got a curly mullet yeah, it's, he's kind of really got fantastic. A, a really uh, weird look. Mm. Yeah, he's wearing long gloves. He's got a giant ring. Yep, he's very pale. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. He has a curly mullet. It's a beautiful mullet. A receding hairline, <laughs> and he talks. He talks very slowly. Yeah, it's almost like Peter from Captured Souls, but not as creepy as Peter. I don't know. He's like, I loathe drafts. <laughs> Does he actually say that? Yes. Oh, I didn't get. I didn't catch that. Yeah, he's a weirdo. He, he really he's weird is. enough that I would like. I would just get right out of there. Yeah, they should have. They. Why would you? I would not take this man's advice. He's a weirdo. Andrew uses his hand fan. To activate some like wind chime or something, and then his fan gets ripped out of his hands and it flies away. Is that what? Did you get that too? I mean, that was my impression of what happened. It didn't make any sense, but okay, good. I didn't know if I just didn't catch something. But the creepy guy teleports behind a, the bar now because this is like a saloon or something. Yep, time to it's go. All very weird. <laughs> yeah. He asks if there's anything else he can do for them. Andrew picks his fan back up and. Louise says no, but thanks for your help, and ushers the kids outside. And once they're out, the guy laughs. This hand fan that the that Andrew has is like one of those really classic '90s like handheld tiny fans that don't actually give any air to you or any like I don't know. It doesn't help you out when it's hot. <laughs> it's just a waste of time no. and money and energy it and makes batteries noise and everything. And drains batteries. Yeah, exactly. Outside, Claire says that that guy is a creep, and Louise says he's just a little eccentric. 
and the wind is blowing so loud in the scene it's really hard to hear them but andrew doesn't know what eccentric means and claire tells him it means he was a creep so that basically that just went in a really big circle and the wind blows extra loud and we look out on the road for some reason i guess to see the yeah, dirt road I don't know. the wind go on. the wind blew and they all kind of looked concerned I mean, maybe they're concerned there's going to be a tornado. Do tornadoes even happen in Canada, though? I don't know. I don't know either. So the scene fades, and then we're shown a big house, and the the brown car is driving up to it, and it stops right at the entrance to this house, and inside the car, Luis is trying to start it up because it stopped, but it looks like the car died, so they are stuck there. And Claire asks if they ran out of gas, but Luis says no. I don't know what happened. And Andrew's like, oh, fuck, we ain't never going to get that banana split. Claire says we're stuck here, and all you can think about is eating. And Luis is still trying to get the car started, but no dice. So Claire says, let's go inside and see if we can use a phone. Why Why is the car here? Like, I get they're taking this shortcut to get to the highway. Yeah. But when she's, like, rounding the corner to get to this house, she looked like she was slowing down to park in front of this house anyway. Yeah. I know and it didn't, it's like it didn't look like there was a road going past it seemed like a dead end so she's just like oh we're at this house that's a good point point. and the guy didn't even say that there was going to be a house on the way he just said it was a shortcut to get to the highway so yeah why would yeah. she i mean i don't know maybe the car just dies when they pass by this house yeah i believe that's what happened but it looked like she was gonna stop anyway <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Andrew looks up at the house and says, why don't we walk back to the tavern and use their phone? But Louis says, no, we can use the one here. And Claire antagonizes her brother. I'm assuming it's her brother again, saying, come on. But he doesn't want to go inside. And then Claire says, wait here. I'll be back in a flash. She walks up the stairs. She goes to knock on the front door, but it opens on its own. She walks in and then it closes behind her. Super ominously. Some time passes... I would I would assume it's been like I don't know half an hour at least I guess. Yeah, probably a decent chunk of time. Yeah, the kids are still in the car, and they're just looking at the house. And Andrew says that she should be back by now. Claire agrees, saying she's going in. And Andrew's like, "But no, Claire or Louise said to stay to wait right here." And Claire calls Andrew a chicken, and then he runs in runs in front. This part was weird. So they're out of the car. Claire calls Andrew a chicken, but then he runs in front of her, runs up the stairs, and beats her to the front door, saying, I win. Yeah, he doesn't want her to go, but then races her to the door. Yeah, that's so weird. I don't get it. Very weird. Well, Claire basically says that it sucks to win because the winner's got a knock. And Andrew's like, no way, loser does. So Claire just knocks on the door, and after two knocks, the door slowly opens up, and Claire grabs her brother's shoulders, and they walk in together. And this place is a mess. Absolute yeah, mess. It's a haunted house ass looking haunted house. Yeah, there's cobwebs on everything. There's shit everywhere. There's even like vines growing on stuff. Like old dried up vines. It's really weird. It's way worse than the tavern. And the kids walk in. The door slams behind them. Andrew calls for Luis and Claire's like, listen, right? And I didn't hear anything playing. Like, I didn't hear a noise. But, no, but same. But Andrew heard Louise somehow. So the kids run up the stairs, and, and they look down this super creepy hallway that's just got a bunch of empty picture frames down it. And there's, like, a lullaby 
chime that's playing as the kids make their way down the hallway. That's creepy as fuck. Yeah, it really was. It was. was, Yeah, I I I always think that lullaby music box is creepy. Oh yeah, in situations like this. So, but they look into a room and it looks all clean and there's like a carousel music box on a pedestal looking thing in the middle of a room with some like ice cream and stuff all around it and andrew and andrew exclaims it's a party awesome (laughs) which it doesn't look like a party at all but whatever it doesn't and (laughs) it looks like a nightmare it's a nightmare awesome (laughs) (laughs) it's a nightmare radical (laughs) andrew is starving so this looks sweet as hell to him and claire says louise planned this i know it and she's like come on (sighs) Come Dude. on out, Louise. How would Louise plan this? Why would She's Louise plan this? She's the best babysitter. <laughs> she it's just party, decides man. out of nowhere, oh, I'm just going to abandon these kids to set up a party in this haunted house instead of calling for help. Yeah. I'm going to set up this ice cream social right in the middle of this weird-ass house, and hopefully it doesn't melt by the time the kids finally come in to make sure that I'm not dead. <laughs> When they come to see that I'm not murdered, they'll be so excited to find this dope ice cream. Mm-hmm. Babysitter of the year. Babysitter of the year for sure. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your favorite babysitter. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our 21st episode of Up All Night, covering the tale of the Whispering Walls. We really appreciate it. If you're looking for a new podcast player, I recommend checking out Podcoin. Podcoin's the only podcast player that pays you for listening to podcasts, and it has all of your favorites already there. While listening, you get Podcoins that you can redeem for gift cards or to donate to charity. For a head start on sign up, use the promo code Private Island, all one word, to instantly get 300 Podcoins. Again, that's promo code Private Island at sign up for a bonus 300 Podcoins you can use to get gift cards or donate to charity. Do you want to help support the show? Check out our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash private island. Any and all generous monthly pledges will go right back into the show to make it the best it can be. We have three tiers available, starting as low as $3 a month, and the perks are great. If you love the show and can't wait for new episodes each Tuesday, Patreon is perfect for you, because I upload episodes early. Every tier also gets sent a wonderful Up All Night sticker. Take a look at the rewards for each tier and become a patron today. I'd like to take a moment to thank our Golden Bostic tier patrons, Michael, Brett, and Bryce, as well as our Silver Goth tier patron, Kathy. Thank you so much for your support. Brandon and I sincerely appreciate it, and I hope you enjoy the stickers that I sent out last week as well. If you're interested in character bios from each episode, or looking at hilarious gifts that Brandon makes each week, then you gotta check out our Instagram and Twitter pages. Brandon's gifts are one of my favorite parts of the week. So follow us today at Private Island Presents on Instagram, or at PRVT Island on Twitter. We need your help. The Season 2 wrap-up episode is approaching fast. In fact, we're recording it on October 4th. If you have any questions for Brandon or myself about the podcast, if you're looking for advice on making your own podcast, uh, anything Are You Afraid of the Dark related, or if there's something more that you want to know about us, please get those questions in. We would love to answer your questions or share your stories during this episode. 
So email them to us at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the show, be sure to tell somebody about it. Everyone wins with Are You Afraid of the Dark? As always, I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our podcast, aside from this theme from Toby Fox, as well as thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Up next, we got a promo for one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to all the time at work. It's for the Tennis Pod, which takes an interesting and fun twist on the top 10 list style journalism we all know and secretly love. It's a fantastic edutainment podcast with great information, hilarious hosts, and just crazy lists. So here's their promo. Hi, my name is Nick. I'm Brandon. We are the hosts of the Tennis Podcast, where every week we cover a different top tennis list. We cover lists such as the highest grossing films of all time, the best selling musicians of all time, the The sexiest mogwais, the richest leprechauns, the All this and more we cover on the Tennis Podcast. I had more. You can find us on all podcast players, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. All you gotta do is search for 10ISH Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Tennis Pod. Thanks. Bye. Thank you again for listening to our show, everyone. We recently surpassed 4,000 total downloads, which is just crazy. For now, I'll let you get back to the episode, and I'll talk to you in a week. Bye, everybody. Andrew goes to start eating some of this food, and Claire's like, hey, let me try some. Andrew's like, no, get your own. But Claire knocks that shit out of his hand. It falls to the ground. Andrew throws it to the ground. Does he? (laughs) Pretty much. She's like, let me have a bit. And he's like, "Eh." He's like, if I can't have it, nobody can. (laughs) It's very reminiscent of the pudding incident from Laughing in the Dark. Yes, it is. I was like, pour one out for the the fallen pudding. (laughs) What a waste. Well, you know what? This one kind of turns out better than the pudding ordeal because Andrew complains saying, look what you made me do now, dork. And he goes down to like pick it up or whatever. But I, what's, he's going to eat that shit off the ground. Like probably he's starving. He is starving. Yeah. So he goes out, he goes down to eat that shit off the ground, but Claire stops him and they look at it as it starts to smoke. And the kids look scared, and the ice cream smokes a whole bunch more, like it's melting into the floor or something. Like, I know ice cream melts, but, like, more like acid. It's really... What? Why? Why is this happening? I don't know. What is this? Like, what would have happened to the kids if they would have ate it? Yeah. That's what I want to know. Would it have disintegrated their bodies? Maybe. Or did it just happen because they spilled it? I don't get it. That was one of that was one of the weird things that I just didn't really get about this episode. And if it if it did disintegrate them, why? Exactly. Cuz we we know the villain's plans and as far as I know it doesn't involve disintegrating people for no reason. Yeah, that's counterintuitive to what he wants. But Yeah. They look down at the ice cream and then a fucking face appears in it into the floor and and it laughs at the kids. And they freak out and they run out of the room and it's kind of like looking like it's going to like it reaches its hand out to like climb out of this. Yeah. What is he? What even is this? Like a hole? I don't know. The effect yeah, is kind of odd. It, it was very odd because it's a hole 
and it's like not quite the size and shape of the yeah spilled ice cream and it just appears where the ice cream was and yeah he puts his hand out to crawl out of the hole i guess it's the implication it was diff- it was weird but you know what if i seen that i'd also run out of the room so Whatever. It's a perfectly legitimate reaction. Yeah. They run down the hallway, down the stairs, to the front door. The kids open it up, and they leave the house, running past the car, down the dirt road. And then they stop, and and they're like, you realize, Claire says, you realize we could be dead right now, right? And Andrew's like, yeah, if you hadn't knocked the ice cream down. So what do we do now? And Claire says, well, I don't know. I guess we got to go back to the tavern and ask and ask that guy for help. And Andrew's like, uh, I thought he was I've creepy. got a problem with that. And Claire says, you got any better ideas? Uh, well, is it because that's the guy that was trying to uh, <laughs> climb out of the Yeah. <laughs> it was very clearly that guy <laughs> yeah, from the tavern in the hole trying to reach out and disintegrate them. Yeah. And they saw it, which is why they ran. <laughs> and so... Yeah, they're like, let's go ask that guy for help? The guy yeah. who just tried to kill us? Yeah, I know, I know. I thought the same thing. I was like, maybe they couldn't see his face over over all the smoke? I don't know. Maybe they just didn't expect him to be, like, the person climbing out. I couldn't tell you, man. <laughs> but that's their plan. That's all they got. So that's what they're going to go do. When I first saw that guy, he looked exactly like the type of guy who would crawl out through a hole. Ew, yeah, right? Or try to melt kids with ice cream, like yeah, fucking killing clowns like from his, outer space style. His sort of thing. So the scene changes, and we're back at the Whisper Inn as the kids run up and they open the door to it. And inside now is way different. There's like old timey music playing. Um, the place is cleaned up, and there's just like five people in the lobby now. They're all in old timey clothing. Two are dancing around with like. The girl that's dancing around is in, like, a flapper dress, and then the other guy's in a suit or whatever. Um, <laughs> and then Claire says, Excuse me? And then the music... <laughs> there's, like, a record scratch, and the music's like... You know, and then all the people look at her, and they just keep staring at her. <laughs> and the camera does, like, a close-up of a few of their faces for a moment. And Claire tells them that we came from the house in the woods, and they stare some more. And she continues saying, Luis, our babysitter, is lost in there. And an old woman walks up to the kids and says, there, there, dearies, have some punch. And then the jukebox comes back to life with music and everyone returns to whatever they were doing. That was kind of weird. <laughs> old ladies sure do love offering some bomb-ass drinks. Oh, always, man. It's all they ever do. They're like, you're looking a bit dehydrated. May I offer you some Bomb-ass tea? Some bomb-ass punch, perhaps. <laughs> Maybe a bomb-ass coffee. <laughs> You're a bit too young for a bomb-ass <laughs> cocktail. Yeah, some bomb-ass H2O. <laughs> <laughs> so Claire tells her no thank you. She doesn't want any of that bomb-ass punch. But she asks, asks her, can she help us? And then the dancing couple come over and the girl says, relax, darling. That nanny of yours, she'll be fine once the sun sets. And then they laugh. And the old lady says, no, no, that's not true. Well, Claire asks, what do you mean? And the girl says, it's leap year. And the guy says, and a full moon. We wouldn't be here otherwise, would we? 
And then they laugh. The old lady says that you remind me so much of my dear little Jane. So sad. And um, did you notice that the jukebox is playing like a a version of the Are You Afraid of the Dark theme? Yeah, I did. It was cool. It was cool, yeah. Um, And then some guy comes up and he looks like he would be hosting a dance off from the 60s. And he says, don't worry about them. They're just pulling your leg. But Claire says, about what? I don't get it. And he says, lighten up, you there, little sister. It's party time. And the sun's going down and we can all live. And Claire asks, who lives in that house? And the guy's like, better question is, who's the house living in? What? I don't know. That's what he says, right? I mean, that's what I yeah. Okay. It didn't make any sense to me then and doesn't make any sense to me now. Okay, good. Me neither. And then the old man at the bar, he pipes up and he, and he says, it's Master Raymond's house. And it has been for years. And he laughs. And he says, and for years to come. And he walks up to the kids with a suitcase and he opens it up and he says, want to buy a brush? Yes, please. I would love to have a brush now. Um, okay, so this season, season two, the names for the characters, they're not as weird as season one. You know? No. Everybody's got pretty normal names. But I do have a problem with this. Because they have now used the name Billy twice. And they've used the name Raymond twice. And I don't get it. Yeah. With the weird names, at least they were unique. Yeah. Why all of a sudden are you just calling people the same names? It doesn't make sense to me. Raymond is not that common of a name as far as I know. And you're going to use it twice on villains? It doesn't make sense. I can I can let, like, I can understand Billy, whatever. That's a really super common name. But Raymond? That's not. Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was only like two episodes ago. Yeah, right? They're not even spread out. No, not a little bit. So the kids walk outside, and Andrew compares the people in there to Looney Tunes, I think. And Claire's like, what are we going to do? And Andrew says, go home. And at that point, the wind was kicked up some more, and there's a tumbleweed that blows by. And Claire says, how? What about Louise? And Andrew says, we'll call Mom and Dad. So the kids run back over to the tavern to check on that phone situation. They open up the door. They're saying, like, excuse me, could we use your... But they look inside, and the tavern is back to how it was originally, which was just, like, a huge mess. And the kids run back outside, evading a tumbleweed, and they say some shit. But I can't hear it because the music is just too loud. Um, But they decide there's only one thing that they can do now, and that's to get Louise. So they look down the dirt road, and then we get a commercial break. And then back from the commercial break, we're in the house again, and this is when the episode kind of gets creepy. And and Claire and Andrew, they slowly open the front door, and they walk a bit, and then they hear some whispering and some giggling, and and they're like, well, maybe Louise left, and Claire says, no, her, her car's still out in front. So the kids walk around really slowly, asking if it's Louise making them whispering noises, and then you can make out someone saying, I'm here in the living room, and the kids look up, and then they see Louise's face on the ceiling. And she says, I'm upstairs. Please come and help me. And Andrew asks how she got up there. He asks it pretty calmly. <laughs> He's like, hey, Louise, how'd you, uh, Louise, how'd you get up there? How did you, what are you doing on the ceiling? <laughs> Her face morphs into uh, Raymond's face and, the, and laughs at the kids. And they run away and they make for the door, but it slams in their face. And Claire says, that's the guy. He's from the tavern. He must be Master Raymond. 
And Andrew's like, who cares? He's a creep. And now he's a ghost creep. But Claire says it doesn't matter that they have to find Louise. And Andrew's like, okay, you find her. I'll stay here. And Claire says, no, that I need you. Andrew's like, you do? Claire says, yeah, you're smart. And you think of things that I don't. (laughs) And Andrew's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I do, don't I? Yeah, you got to stroke his ego just enough. Yep, to get him to, to get him to want. come along with you. <laughs> so Claire tells them they got to go back upstairs, and so that's what they do. Yeah, Andrew's kind of an idiot, but that's all right. So they're back upstairs, and they look down that creepy hallway with the pictureless frames again. And Andrew says, "It's okay, come on." And as they pass by the first picture frame, the 1960s host-looking guy appears in it, and then the next, uh, the next picture frame, the dancing couple appear in it, and they're. It's not just them, like, appearing as a picture. They're kind of, like, getting closer and looking at the kids as they're walking by. The third is the old guy at the bar. And then they can hear some singing coming from uh, another room. And they look inside of it. And it's a baby's room, right? Oh, fuck. This is the scariest part of the episode to me. I would think it would be more scary, but I just don't understand what's going on. No, it doesn't make any sense. A lot of what is going on doesn't make any sense to me it's like they were just like hey you know what would be really creepy this and then they did it and yeah it just doesn't it's really... a bunch of loose ideas that i don't understand how they connect as a whole right exactly so they look into this baby's room and louise is there and she's sitting in a rocking chair and she's cradling what appears to be a baby and the kids are like louise is that you and she says of course little schmookins little little schmumpkin heads come on in Claire's like, it really is you. What happened? And Louise says in a weird way that it's okay. I found this little baby and we can go just as soon as it's asleep. So they're just going to. Yeah, that's fucking scary. <sighs> it, I, I understand why it's scary, but I'm just, you just like. just find a baby in a haunted house. Yeah, you just find a baby in a haunted house. You rock it to sleep and then you abandon it. And, and then you go. Anything involving babies is scary to me. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> so, babies in a normal situation are cute. Yeah. Babies in a horror situation are terrifying. Well, if I'm playing a horror game and I hear a baby crying in yeah. the distance, fuck it. I'm done. I think that this is where being an adult is, like, a detriment to the show because, like, yeah, I think the whole situation's creepy. As a kid, I think it would probably be creepier. But as an adult, I'm just like, okay, we got to get this fucking baby out of here. Like, what is a baby doing here? We now have a baby, I guess. You know, I would. That's how I take it. Like, we got to take care of this baby now. Not fuck you, Louise. Let's get this baby and you out of here. But I never actually thought that it was a baby, though. I was waiting to see what it actually was. It turned out to be not what I expected, but it (laughs) I definitely didn't think it was just some baby in there. Did you think it was just going to be like a baby doll or something? No, I actually thought it would be like a weird gremlin thing. Well, let's find out what it is. Claire says, I thought for sure you were hurt or, you know, even. But Luis interrupts her saying, nah, I'm fine. I've never been better. And then we see that she has a giant ring on, which is the same one that Raymond had in the tavern. The kids see it. They back up and Andrew runs out of the room. Luis gets up and she says, here. This is for you. When she tosses the baby at Claire, who looks at it and screams because it's a giant fucking snake. 
And Luis laughs a bunch as the snake crawls around all over some children's toys. It's creepy. The whole thing. It is, but also what is going on? Are they just trying to get... Is Raymond just, like, trying to get the kids out of the house? I don't know what his endgame is here. Does he want to disintegrate them or just get him to go or what? I don't know. Seems like maybe he just wants Louise and these that's kids are I just kind of there. Yeah, that's what I thought. So Claire calls out for Andrew once she's in the hallway, but he's running down the stairs now. He tries to open up the front door again. And then we go back to Claire, who's looking around, and the picture frame lights up, and it's the old woman from the tavern. And she she says, you remind me of my dear little Jane. So sad. So sad. And Claire screams at the picture, and she runs. But then she finds herself in a dead end, and, sh- and she calls out for Luis, who says yes. And she looks over at a face in the wall, and with its hands outstretched, and it's holding two candlesticks. And, and it says, help me. And I guess it's Luis in the wall. I mean, it's her face, so I guess it makes sense. And, and she's like, yeah, it's me. It's really me. I'm trapped. And Claire grabs the hand, the hands of this thing, and then the wall flips around, and Claire is on the other side of it. And then it flips back around so that, you know, other people can go through this trap hidden door. Back downstairs, Andrew yells for Claire and Louise, and then the door blows open. And he says, hey, guys, the door's open. But then, but then it blows closed. And then he plays around with the door for a moment, and he takes out his handheld fan, and he runs back upstairs. Yeah. the Seeing the wind gives him an idea. I don't think I would ever come to the conclusion of that, though, you know? Well, the first thing Raymond said to them is that he hates drafts. You know, it would probably so, make more sense, because I didn't hear that. Yeah. Okay. So he doesn't like the wind. Yeah, it... I guess this is where it's established that the wind is not Raymond's favorite. <laughs> Upstairs, Claire has fallen to the ground, but she looks over and she finds Louise and she's sitting in a chair. Andrew calls out to Claire and she says, I'm on the other side of the wall and I found Louise. Pull on the candlesticks. Hard. Hurry. And we look at the face in the wall and it isn't Louise's anymore. It's, I miss, it's Raymond's, I think. And Andrew walks up to the wit. And the face morphs and laughs at him. He uses his handheld fan on it and it just like melts away, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. He turns his handheld fan off. He grabs the candles and it rotates him into the room with Claire and Louise. And in the room, Raymond is standing there beside Louise and she's sitting in her chair with her eyes closed. He says, welcome. And Andrew tells him to leave her alone. She's coming with us. And Claire's holding him back like he's scrappy-doo. He's like, let me at him, let me at him. And Claire's <laughs> like, no, no, Scrappy, please, no. Scrappy's the worst. I know. <laughs> That's why he got written out of Scooby-Doo for like 20 years. Raymond says, big words for such a small boy. And then Andrew's like, but I'm not small, and I'm not scared of you. And Raymond tells the kids that it doesn't matter, because when the sun sets, her soul will be mine. And Louise stands up from her chair and walks forward. And Claire wants to know what Raymond what Raymond wants and he tells them that Luis's energy will keep him alive and it'll keep the house alive and that she'll be a part of us forever <laughs> which is creepy mm-hmm. and Claire's like you're a monster and and then we get like some scenes of An- like Andrew's looking around he sees a vase on a table and he looks at like a I didn't even know what it was but it's a black tinted window and Raymond tells the kids to choose their words carefully, or you might be next. And Andrew doesn't like that threat, 
So he runs over to the vase as Raymond screams at him not to touch it. Andrew grabs the vase, tells Raymond to take a hike, buddy, and he throws it at the black-tinted window, which destroys it and inrushes the wind and some sunlight. And we spin back over to Luis, and Raymond's gone. All right. Problem solved. Yep, we're done here. Claire wonders where he went, but you know what? It doesn't really fucking matter. They get out of there. The trio grab hold of the candlesticks. They get taken back to the hallway. They race down the stairs. Just as they're about to get to the front door, it closes shut, and Raymond materializes out of it. And you know what? It was I a really the effect cool effect. Cool. Yes. I think the effects in this episode altogether are really good. I Other than besides... the weird, the whole with <laughs> the Raymond kind of crawling out of it. Yes. Aside from that and um, Louise appearing in the ceiling, everything else was really good. Says that there's no use in running as the sun is almost done setting. She is mine. Andrew's like, don't count on it, buddy. And he takes out his handheld fan, but oh, fuck. It isn't working. <laughs> so Raymond taunts Andrew saying, silly boy with silly toys. You won't fool me again. Which means his face must have been the one that was that he blew the wind on. Yeah. Andrew's smacking it against his hand, trying to get the, the fan to turn on. And Raymond waves his hand and poof, it's gone. And Luis is back under a spell, I guess. I said, oh, fuck, at this point. And so he is by the stairs with Luis. And Andrew and Claire are kind of by the front door. And then he says, you too, little one. And Claire steps forward. And I was just like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? And Raymond tells Andrew to run along, little boy. They're mine now. Why doesn't Raymond want Andrew? He wanted Luis. He only begrudgingly decided to take Claire as well he still doesn't want anything to do with Andrew no he doesn't I don't know it's I would say that he only wanted like girls but there's two I mean there's three other dudes they had the dancing couple they had the guy that wanted to sell brushes and then they had the 1960s like game show host or whatever so Mm -hmm. I don't know a voice yells at him and it says no and then Andrew turns around into a corner and the old lady from the tavern materializes behind him. And Raymond's like, Violet, what the fuck are you doing? She tells him he won't let him do this. And he's like, how dare you go against my wishes? This is none of your concern. And then he commands her to return to the walls. But she ain't having that shit. She says, these girls are too young. They remind her of her little Jane. And she's like, fuck you. And she opens up the door. And the sunlight hit, hits Raymond. And there's this really awesome effect of him turning into smoke. And he's flailing yeah, his arms cool. around. It it just looks really cool. Like his shadow in the background does doing it too. It's cool. I'm sure we're going to make a gif of that because it was really great. And I think that this shot was used in a lot of like the commercials for the show too. Because I kind of remember seeing it more often than I watched this episode. Because I didn't really remember this episode. Hmm. But that would make sense because it, like it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Luis asks what happened and Violet's like, quickly, get out of here. So they run out, and Claire tells her thank you. They all run to their car, and they talk about how they don't care about no fucking banana splits anymore. They just want to go home. Luis tries the car, and it starts, and they scoot out of there. They leave, and it looks like another car is pulling up, and it stops, and and oh, fuck, it won't start now either. And a guy walks out. He looks at his map, then at the house. Creepy music plays, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Well, if Raymond's gone, then is that guy doomed the way the show wants you to think? 
Well, let's see. Um, or is he? Is he think... really gone? Or is he just? They just. I don't think he got gone. rid of him for long enough for them to get away. I think that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I know that the handheld fan wasn't really like it didn't do much because it didn't make wind, I guess. But when he when Andrew threw the vase through the window, I mean that wind is whenever they're outside, that wind is really strong. So it blew into the window and then Raymond like was scared of it or whatever and disappeared. I think that's what happened this time too. I don't, I don't think it killed him. I mean it made him disappear really awesomely, but I think he just like went back into the walls or something. And there's okay. still time for him to eat somebody or whatever he's gonna and do. And the car him. just works. Their car worked, but then the part that I think is funny is that they roll away as the other car is coming up to that house. So it's like the person driving the other car would see that there's a car pulling away at the same time. You'd think that Luis would see in the back back mirror and be like, Oh fuck, hey, let's pick this guy up and help him before Raymond you know, sucks away his energy or whatever. No, fuck no. They'll go back there and the car will stop again and they'll be like, well, shit, now we're back at square one. Yeah, but if they just don't go inside the house, they're fine. Yeah, that's true. Stay in the wind. Mm-hmm. As long as they're outside, they're fine. So back at the Midnight Society, Betty Ann says that the house still stands and to this day, people still disappear when the moon is full on February 29th. I take this as like a Jake and the Leprechaun situation. Where this happens very rarely, and the house has to eat somebody to, like, stay alive. And so that guy is part of the house now. So, is the house the one controlling everything? Is Raymond the house? Is Raymond just feeding the house? I don't... There's so much I don't understand about this story. Yeah, I hear ya. First of all, what is... The what is the significance of the wind? Why does the wind hurt him or bother him at all? So is there any explanation or backstory for why wind is the thing that he hates? The okay, I don't think there is, but maybe the wind he doesn't like the wind because you know the walls are whispering because they're filled with these people that basically got eaten by the house or whatever. So maybe the wind blowing is too loud for the whispering of the walls maybe is that too much of a raymond stretch? raymond wears this giant red ring that yeah is focused on quite a bit is there any significance to the ring or is it just to show mm. who's raymond i think that's what it, i think it was just i think they put a focus on it just for that scene with Luis as the baby as as the rock and the baby because that was how the kids could tell that it wasn't actually Louise, I guess. But I don't think there was any other significance for that giant ring. Why the whole thing with the baby at all? What does a baby have to do with any of this? It just it yeah. seems kind of like a Pennywise sort of yeah. just conjuring up weird creepy things rather than actually being any kind of anything. Yeah, it was just it was odd. And what's the significance of the picture frames? Is that just they're a part of the house, like they're a decoration, the people? I think so, but I mean, I liked that part a lot, and I knew, I mean, I kind of figured that's what it was going to be when I seen the empty picture frames, but also, how did they get back and forth between the house and the tavern? I don't know. What does the tavern have to do with it at all? It seems to me like the tavern would be like the place in a horror movie where 
the guy at the gas station's like, oh, if you take the right here, you're going to go to the house. And then, you know, he's in on it the whole time, and he's part of the killer crew. I think that's, like, from Texas Chainsaw Massacre or something, but um, yeah. I've never seen those movies. But that's what the tavern seems like to me, like the first stop to be like, go to the house where you'll die. But okay. it's the same people. Like, Raymond told them to go to the house, so... I don't know. I don't know how it fits in. Do the people only die if it's a leap year and a full moon? I think so. And I think that's why there was only like five additional people because it, it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, well, you looked it up and it happens even less often than the, the show sh- would imply. Yeah. and um, You wouldn't have a person from the 60s, a person from the 50s, a person from the 20s. Like, I... Obviously, they didn't look it up because, you know, there was no internet or whatever. But um, I like that they the people that were in the tavern were all from, like, different time periods. Like, mm-hmm. I'd say that uh, Violet was probably from, like, the 1800s. And then, you know, the dancing duo was probably in the 20s. And then the game show guy was the 60s. And I don't even know where the fucking want to buy a brush guy was from. But they did a good 70s. job of the 70s. <laughs> he was from 1968. Um, he was trying to sell the Beatles' White Album. <sighs> Get out of here. So I like that they did that, though, where they had like a distinct time period for each person that essentially the house took, or Raymond took. Yeah. A lot of inter- interesting ideas that were strung together in a weird way that didn't really make sense. No. But it wasn't terrible. I liked this episode a lot, mostly for its imagery rather than the actual... Yeah narrative because there's a lot i don't understand still about the hows and whys of what happened but it's just a creepy episode yeah i agree so i liked it um i liked it too actually it was good so back at the midnight society the kids look shook from what betty Ann says she puts the mask back on and we get like a creepy little jingle and gary says well time to go kiki says you first then Kristen's like, no, after you. And David's like, not me. You go, Frank. And Frank's like, I'll go after Gary goes. And at this point, the screen is just fading to the credits. And Gary says, I'm not going first. And that's the end of the episode. That's how a lot of them end, with them being like, no, you. <laughs> that's okay. I think it's good. But nobody wants to dump any water on that fire. I'll dump water on it after Gary does. And Gary's like, no way. You first. I don't know what they're talking about, though, with the whole not wanting to go first. That wasn't like a theme in the episode or anything. No, they just don't want to go out on the woods alone. They don't have to. <laughs> they can all go as a group. It's true. They could go and arm in sh- arm. They should be going as a group anyway with all the wolves and shit in the woods. But <clears throat> Yeah. Wolves I? go in packs. They go in packs. Exactly. The Midnight Society pack. So, Brandon, the tale of the Whispering Walls. I actually really like that name. I like alliteration, so I thought this the name was pretty cool. You think we could give a better name to it, though? Probably. We could try. I don't know if we'll be able to do it or not. Um, The Tale of the Not-So-Lonely Ghost? I have The Tale of the Gusty Ghost, Ooh. which also keeps the alliteration. I like that, yeah. The Tale of the Tumbleweed? The Tale of the Banana Split? Ooh. The Tale of the Schmumpkins? <laughs> the Tale of the Windy Weakness? Oh, my God. Brandon, you're on a roll. <laughs> the tale of the hand fan. I don't have anything else. Oh, do you actually write them down? Because I don't. 
Yes. Okay. I don't. I don't. I just go. Just go with it. If I come up with some while we're having a discussion, which happens often, yeah, then I don't write those down. But I try to have at least one or two before recording. Oh, I don't. I just go. I just wing it. I wing pretty much everything. So that's why yours are always so shit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, good one. Yeah, I think. I mean, like I said, I like the name, so I think. I think that's enough. Enough, Brandon. We're done here. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> All right, Brandon. So the next episode, this one's okay. The next episode is called "The Tale of the Full Moon." <laughs> really? Yeah. Who do you think Ugh. is gonna be blabbing on and on about a full fucking moon? This is a total Dave story. You think so? Yeah. He's like, oh, I got a story about a full moon, the kind Gary likes. <laughs> Did you hear that, Kristen? Kristen, I'm gonna tell a full moon story. You want to see my full moon later, Kristen? It's still a leap year, and it's still full moon, so my story is like this story. <laughs> oh my god, I hope so. So, <laughs> what do you think the tale of the full moon is going to be about? I mean, that is such a lame name. I can already tell that we're going to come up with a way better title for this episode. Yeah. Uh, but we I do mean, every episode, so. I want to think that it's not about werewolves, but it's probably about werewolves. Yeah. Like, what else could it fucking be? <laughs> what did I, I do know. this? Oh, yeah. We did this with Super Specs, too, because you were like, oh, it's going to be fucking glasses where you see shit. Like, yeah. What else is this going to be? If <laughs> yeah. this isn't a, werewolves, I'm going to be disappointed. It's a very literal title. Like, some titles are kind of poetically cool. Yeah. Where, you know, it's not a literal description about what happens. And then you get like super frozen specs. ghost is about a ghost who's frozen. Yeah. <laughs> Laughing in the dark, if you haven't seen the episode, isn't very descriptive. But it's, you know, it sounds cool, I guess. Even though I hate that title. <laughs> uh huh. I can, I, at least you can see why people would think it sounds cool, right? Yes. Yeah. The Tale of the Full Moon. If this isn't werewolves, um, I think we should just stop the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just probably. Just be like, done. Fuck this shit. We're out. <laughs> but that's going to be episode nine. We're almost done with season two. It's crazy. Can you believe that shit? I know. I don't want to be done with we season just two. Just like, started almost this done. season. We did. Even though it was over two months ago. Crazy. It's ridiculous. It's going by too fast. We're going to be done soon, basically. Yes, this podcast <laughs> has a time limit. I know. Our only salvation is that Nickelodeon decides to make like a movie with the new Are You Afraid of the Dark stuff and then just episodes and seasons and and then we have like a, you know, an ongoing thing. But for now, Brandon, we're on a time limit. <laughs> we're getting closer and closer to this podcast's extinction. <sighs> but it's okay cuz I'm really tired. I'm gonna, I'm going to get going to bed. Been up all night. All right. I'm tired. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I right. am out of here. All right. Bye, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Bye.